Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, amen, amen. How are you guys doing today? You guys feeling good? Amen. Hold on a second. There's so much stuff up there. All right. Here. Amen. Amen. Well, today, appropriately, the sermon title is called Storm. Just so happens, look outside, what do you know? Storming. God works it out like that, doesn't he? You know, storms for me, personally, uh, I don't know how you feel about storms, whether you're one of those people that uh, gets kind of freaked out by storms. You know, when the big storms come, we uh, had one a couple days ago, didn't we? On, uh, I think it was Thursday. Rolled in. For me, storms are a great thing. Growing up as a surfer, and, you know, still surfing, uh, I get fired up when storms come in. Hurricanes come, people get scared, I get excited. I'm just like, man, there's going to be some great waves here. Maybe some on this side, true enough. I've actually surfed Buckrow Beach before during the hurricanes. There is waves there when you get hurricanes. But uh, I know, for me, when I think back to some of the greatest and the biggest storms I've ever surfed, uh, one of them was Hurricane Katrina. I was able to surf that storm before everybody knew what it was going to do. You know, on Sunday after church, I was a young married, I think it was our first year of marriage, or, you know, I convinced Kelly, hey, let's go after church, let's go down to Pensacola, Florida, we were living in um, Tallahassee at the time, and I was like, let's go down to Pensacola, Florida, let's go surf this right there in the Gulf. This will be amazing. The waves are going to be incredible. Nothing like you'd ever seen before. You know, and it's always better when a storm is slow moving, too. The storm, you know, the waves start building up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So sure enough, we take the trek down to Pensacola Beach there, and the waves are huge. I'm talking like triple sets, and uh, what I mean by that is like there's three breaking points. Uh, Don't show when you go to the beach and you see them rolling in, and there's that there's that break spot, right? It had three sections where it broke because it broke out so far and so big. The outer waves were about 20 feet plus, so big. And the last set, you had to be towed in on a jet ski. They had guys on jet skis pulling guys in because the waves were so fast that that's how you had to get into them. They're so big, so ferocious. And what do you know? They had the surf, you know, photographers were all lined up on the beach. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to be in a magazine. It's going to be great. You know, this is just, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, let's go for it. Kelly's like, I'm not going. Because Kelly, Kelly does surf as well. She's like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going out there today. I'm like, fine. You can stand here with the camera and take pictures of me. So I started paddling out. Have to, have to basically, you know, work and fight my way through the first break. And the first break was about, our, about a normal good-sized break here at uh, Virginia Beach, just on the shore. This is just what's breaking right down the shore. I mean, we're talking four to six-foot waves right there. I get out there, get to the second break after 20, 30 minutes of paddling out and just getting beat up. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to surf these waves. These seem good to me. There's about 15 to 18 footers here. These seem good. Now, when I say 15 to 18 feet, that means you're standing at the bottom, like on your board, if you were to take a snapshot, 15 feet from there. So not 15 feet from the bottom, but 15 feet from, you know, water level. So I start, I drop in on my first wave, and I'm like, I'm just screaming, going down the line. I'm like, yeah! You know, hit, I bottom turn it, and I pull out, and then the wave stops. It's done, and I'm like, oh. 
That was incredible. That was an awesome wave. That was one of the biggest waves I've ever surfed in my entire life. This storm is amazing. Get back up. I'm like, I'm going to go for a second one. I'm going to wait for a bigger one. Sure enough, I paddle in. I drop in. And I'm like, oh, bottom, bottom, turn it out. And then I'm, all right, done with that wave. I'm like, man, I'm going to wait for even bigger one. I'm going to paddle out further. I'm going to get one of the bigger waves here. This is going to be my day. My day where I put my mark. I remember that was the day I surfed the biggest wave of my entire life. So I start, you know, sizing them up, sitting there waiting, bobbing over top of the waves. I see this big, big set of waves coming in. And I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going for this one. So sure enough, I start paddling for it. It starts curling. I'm starting to go up to the top, go up to the top. Sure enough, I'm about to drop in into it. And what do you know, the board, the face of the wave is way too steep. The board just plunges straight down, and I'm sitting there free-falling, 20 feet. Boom! Hit the bottom. Wave crashes over me. And I'm I'm talking, I'm on the bottom of the ocean, slammed hard, getting tossed around, beat up, beat up. And I'm like, i got to push off the bottom of this this ocean, of the sand here, just to get back up to the top to get a breath. I do that. I get my head above the water. Another wave. Boom! Smacks me again. And I'm like getting tossed around. At this point in time, I'm like, I don't know where my board is. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's up and what's down. I literally had to feel the ground to figure out where am I, which way is up. I get my head back above the water, hit again and again and again to the point where I'm sitting on the bottom getting pummeled so much that I feel like I might die at this moment. This, it just got real. It's no longer fun at this moment. I'm not worried about getting the wave. I'm worried about getting out alive. You know, that, at that moment, that was the moment where I felt, man, there is some power to this storm. There's a realness to this storm. I'm starting to panic a little bit. Had to find the bottom, push off again. Came up, there was a break in the, in the, uh, in the waves coming in. I grabbed, I paddled over to my board, got it, and I got out. Come on. I'm like, I am not going another time. I, got, I told Kevin, I was like, I'm done. We can go home. I served two waves, and I'm done. I'm good. But you know, I think for us personally, we all go through storms. Whether they're, you're surfing a storm, amen, if that you're brave enough, go for it, take me with you. But we all experience storms within our lives, don't we? We do, uh, some of us have storms raging right now in our lives that we are right in the middle of it. We're getting pounded by those waves. We're starting to think, man, am I even going to make it out? I'm getting pushed down and down and down again. I can hardly catch my breath here. Whether it's storms within your own family. Whether you've got issues going on within your own home, whether you're a Christian home or not. Within your own marriage, perhaps with your, with your kids, with your relationships, teens with their parents, teens with their siblings, school, co-workers, there's storms with money, jobs, work, car issues, it's a big one for me, it drives me nuts, home issues, maybe you just got some personal storms brewing inside your heart. Feeling like, man, I am in the middle of it with my relationship with God. It is not easy right now. I feel like I'm getting crushed and I'm barely holding on. Water's crashing over me, throwing me around. I feel the power, the helplessness, and the fear of being in the middle of a storm. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 8. 
We'll talk a little bit about storms. The storms, I think all of us, it's safe to say that we all have storms. We've all experienced storms. If I had said, hey, let's go by a show of hands and let's all come on up here and let's share about the storms either that are happening right now or have recently just happened in our lives, I'm sure we'd be here all day. Every single one of us would get an opportunity to share about, hey, this is what's going on in my life. But you got to ask yourself, what am I supposed to do with this storm? What is the godly response to this storm? Why has God placed this storm in my path? What am I to do with it? How do I even survive this storm? But today I want to challenge your thinking. It's not about surviving the storm. It's about thriving through the storm. The title of today's lesson is Storm. In Luke chapter 8, In verse 22, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was was, was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. I love the scripture. Jesus had just previously been preaching along, along the sea here, the Sea of Galilee. You know, and, and he gets done preaching, he says, Hey guys, disciples. You know, many believe that, hey, this isn't just the twelve, but this is the whole group of them. He says, hey, let's all go to the other side of the lake. Quickest way to get over there. Across the lake, let's just not walk around. Let's go through there. So they all jump into a boat and they start heading out on this sea, on the Sea of Galilee. And the interesting thing about the Sea of Galilee is between two mountains. It's kind of it's way below sea level. So basically, if you ever uh, ever watch the storms roll over a mountain, it kind of goes and pours downward. And that's what would happen here: is that you know the storms would roll in over the mountains, you wouldn't be able to see them. They come in and they come down quickly upon the Sea of Galilee. You know, basically striking up enormous storms fast, way before anybody could get around to uh, preparing for it. Now, Jesus says, hey, let's jump in this boat. We might be thinking, hey, a boat, that sounds nice, nice boat ride. This is more like a John boat. This is not a big boat here. This is about 20 to 30 feet, maybe in length, 7 feet wide. I don't know if you've ever been in a small boat like that in a storm. One time my dad took us when I was a little kid. Uh, middle school, me and my brothers across the Chesapeake Bay in a 15-foot John boat to go look at the naval yard. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, even the chop in a 15-foot boat, you start feeling like, we're not going to make it here. <laughs> not going to make it. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but you know, so the, so the squall starts coming up when, these, when Jesus and his disciples are there. And what is Jesus doing? Sleeping. He's taking a rest. You know, we know that the storm is bad. Because even the disciples here, which most of them were fishermen, are freaking out. Here's guys that have experience on the water, probably had a storm or two in their life. Have probably experienced the wind and the waves and are now feeling like we're going to die. I would have loved to have been there to hear the disciples' discussions about who wants to wake Jesus. I want to wake him. Someone needs to tell him we're, we're about to die. I think he needs to know. And they're like, I don't want to tell him. He's going to get upset. He's sleeping. Come on. He just preached for a while. He's tired, man. 
You know, I just would have loved to have been there to hear it, to hear them kind of going back and forth. And then finally, the guy's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll wake him up. And I love how they don't even put his name in there. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to be known as that guy. And he walks up to Jesus, wakes him up, probably gently at this point. I'm like, Jesus, don't mean to bother you. I know you're sleeping. But he's like, Master, Master, we're going to die. And I love Jesus' response. He gets up, rebukes the wind, rebukes the waves. Instantly still, instantly calm, glassy. And he just looks at his disciples and he's like, where's your faith? Where's your faith? No need for any other statements at that point in time. You know, for you, for us, what do we do during the storms in our lives? You know, do we see that Jesus is there in the boat? And do we feel like, hey, everything is going to be okay? Jesus is there resting alongside. Or do we panic? I think we have... There's always this inner battle between faith and fear. That's what I want to talk about today. You know, fear itself is a pretty crazy emotion when you think about it. You know, if you watch a scary movie at your house, you start freaking out, don't you? There are some things that you do after watching a scary movie that you never do. You're like checking all the lights, making sure everything works. You might, you know, lay out a couple weapons on the counter just in case there's a freak attack. You're checking all the bolts. You're locking both of them. Because you're like, oh man, something might happen. Might leave the light on, right? You crack the door a little bit to like the bathroom light so it shines in just a little bit, just so you feel manly. You're like, you're like just in case, so I can see the, see the attacker coming in. But it is one of the most powerful emotions we have, isn't it? Fear makes us do, drives us to do some crazy things. And actually, fear itself is a whole body reaction. The science behind fear, when I started, I was amazed. We start going into survival mode. The adrenaline starts pouring into our system. Get this, your digestive tract actually shuts down to preserve energy. The blood from your head and your stomach rushes out to your legs and your arms. So you can have the extra burst of speed and strength. Maybe not thinking so much. Might pass out. Like, oh, it's going for it. So, so scared. I was like, so they, at that point in time, your attacker might just laugh at you. Right? At least it'll confuse them. All right, so your heart starts to beat faster. It starts pumping more blood for more energy. Your blood sugar actually is pumped into your muscles so you can have more strength. It's true, you will be able to pick up cars and throw them when you are frightened. But man, our bodies even start going into this survival mode when fear, when we get put in these situations, when the storms start coming in our lives, we start getting fearful, our body starts reacting to it. It's a natural thing. Even we see here with the disciples, people that have been with Jesus, people that have seen the dead raised at this point in time, have heard him preach the gospel and the good news, have seen him heal the sick. Even they start to react in fear. You know, but how do you react in the storms in life? Is it the same as the disciples? Do we start to panic and start to get fearful? 
start to have the logic in our brains start to shut down? Do we start going into panic mode, into survival? I think we can see a lot of times our fear in our lives because we start getting angry. Scars are getting angry towards God. The fear starts coming and then all of a sudden it's like, God, why did you do this in my family? Why are these issues plaguing me right now? I don't like this storm. I know for me, I was talking um, about family um, the other day too, is that family is one of those things that it's, it could be one of your greatest joys. Man, some of the deepest hurts. I know for me in my own family, one of my brothers is, uh, you know, was, was a disciple at one point in time. You know, he was a Christian. He did decide, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. The storms of life came. And they started to bring him down. You know what, for me it was, I'm not, well, I don't want to talk about his issues. I want to talk about how it hurt me. It was hard to watch him. Feeling like, God, this isn't the plan. That I had for my family. For me and my brother. We're going to live next to each other. We're going to raise our families together. It's going to be great. This is my plan, God. Why are you causing this storm within my life? Why am I sitting here arguing, frustrated with my brother? And maybe it's persecution in your life. Feeling like, man, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, God. What is your deal? Why are you allowing these things to happen to me? Maybe it's your health issues. Why me, God? I'm committed to you. I've been following you. I've been putting you first. Why can't you just think of me? But dare I say, the storm is not the problem. The storm is not actually what we fear. We may be able to see it coming. We may even start to feel that adrenaline rush and feel like, here it comes. But the storm is not what we fear. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of, I don't know what's going to happen next. Here for the Jews, funny enough, they're completely terrified of water. It's a cultural thing. If you look at Genesis 1, water is actually the only thing that God doesn't speak into existence. You know, for the Jews, it was like, I don't know what's down there. I don't know what's going to happen. And for us, it's the same thing. These storms start to rage, they start to pile up, and we feel like, man, I don't know where this is going, God. I don't know what you're trying to teach me. We get fearful of the unknown. We start going into survival mode. Start thinking to ourselves, hey, what can I do? How can I survive this? I think we got to see this as an opportunity for our faith. We have a choice to look at ourselves, to focus on the fear. Or to look at Jesus and focus on the faith. So today, where is your faith? The same question that Jesus asked the disciples. I love it. Because I don't, I want to challenge us today to not view that as a rebuke. To not view that as Jesus saying, what is your problem? Where is your faith, disciple? But Jesus saying, guys, where's your faith? I've been here the whole time. I was asleep. Do you think I would let anything happen to you? Do you think this is the plan? Why didn't you just believe in me? Why didn't you just trust me that everything's going to be okay? Where is your faith? More of a statement of love from Jesus saying, guys, I got your back. 
He was there the whole time. But for us, so often we quickly forget that during our storms. That Jesus is there the whole time. Jesus says, hey, I got your back. You may be going through it, and you know what? I may not even stop the storm. I may see it coming, and I might be right there next to you. But I'm there. And I won't let anything happen to you. I I would have loved to have polled the disciples prior to getting into this boat. How many of you have faith? I'm sure all of them would have said, I got faith in Jesus. I've seen him do some crazy things. I got faith in Jesus. But sure enough, the faith is measured not before the test, but while you're in the test. While you're in the struggle, while you're in the storm, then you'll be able to find out, hey, what is your faith like? Where are the weaknesses? Where is it brittle? Where is it going to break? You know, the disciples, they weren't rebuked for their lack, for, their, for not having faith, but not having sufficient faith. You know, for me, it's always a difficult task to nail down a definition of faith. I think all of us can immediately go to Hebrews 11 and say, hey, now faith is confident in what we hope and assured of uh, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's, hey, I got faith in God. I don't see him, but I know he's there. I got faith. Look at me. But that's not faith. Here we see an incredible description of faith. Faith is measured in the test. And dare I say that that storm is going to strengthen your faith. It is the reason for that storm. You may be asking yourself, God, I don't get it. God's saying, I got a reason. It's to strengthen your faith. And that should be enough. You know, when they uh, steal, you guys ever seen a steel tensile strength test? They actually call it the ultimate tensile strength test. That's a sweet sounding test right there. What they do is it's when they want to test, hey, how strong is this steel? We're going to use it for construction purposes. I want to know how strong this steel is. So what they do is they put in this machine with two vices that basically clamp onto the ends of this piece of steel and they just start pulling it, ripping it to see, hey, how much stress, how much of a storm can this piece of steel take? You know, they pull it and pull it and pull it until it, boom, snaps. What it does is it shows them the faults, the imperfections, what happens right before it breaks. How far can it get pushed? The same thing with us. God says, hey, I want to see just how far your faith's going to go when it's actually tested. Not your faith when everything's going well. Not not your faith when everything's shiny and looks great on the outside. But how your faith is during the storm. Those are the times when we got to be able to place our complete faith and trust. And the one who's going to get us through. That that Jesus is there alongside of you. No matter what you're going through. But today, where is your faith? Is it in Jesus or is it in your own strength? Have you given in to your fears? And decided, man, I'm going to battle through this one. Have you you curled up into a ball? Fetal position. Saying, I can't do this anymore. Just take me. I think when we give in to our fear, we miss that great opportunity to grow in our faith. 
I mean, think about it. When you make it through a storm, when you make it through a struggle in your life that has been battling and raging against you, you feel incredible. You feel like, man, I made it through. My faith has increased. God, you are amazing. I love this depiction of the disciples after they make it through. Fear and amazement. You know, feeling, feeling like, man, I don't know how you did that, Jesus, but I'm glad I'm on your side. I'm glad you were in the boat with me. You know, probably telling each other, hey, let's do that again. Let's see what else Jesus can do. Isn't that how you feel when you get through the storm? You feel like, man, I can take on anything now. Bring it on. My faith is rock solid. It increases our own faith when we stand through the storms, when we struggle, when we battle. So when we have our storms in our lives, we shouldn't look at it as a time of, man, God, why did you do this? But God, thank you for increasing my faith. And I know for a fact that that is not easy. Don't get me wrong. It is one of the hardest things to do, but we have to get our perspective on right in order to benefit from that storm. The other benefit of going through the storms is that it increases others' faith around you. When you think about the times that you've seen some of your closest friends battle, how to see them make it through these storms in their lives that are raging on. You know, that's when we feel strength in ourselves. We have that opportunity through our own battle to inspire others. I know for me, uh, one of the men in my life that I, I, that I, got to, uh, I got the privilege to watch him battle through it was a guy named Jeff Balsam. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Balsam uh, was an elder in um, the uh, Chicago Church of Christ. And um, yeah. after college, after I graduated college, I just, Kelly and I were trying to figure out, hey, where are we going to move? Let's move to Chicago. One of the big reasons why I moved there was because the Balsams were there. They were a close family friend of ours, and he, he had become like a uh, uh, second father to me. All holidays, we would go there. Christmas, Thanksgiving, I mean, Halloween, all the ones in between. His, his wife was a great cook, too, so it definitely helped. But you know, a couple years back, Jeff Balsam got diagnosed with cancer. And I remember sitting there on the campus ministry, getting the phone call, hearing that, hey, Jeff Balsam has cancer. Thinking to myself, man, this, this can't be happening right now. This isn't what I had planned. Now, Jeff and I, we were, he was only like 54, 55 at the time. Like, man, it's too early. Found out that the cancer was quite aggressive. It was in his brain and within his lungs. And they gave him only a couple months to live. You know, I got to sit there. And just talk with him constantly about, Jeff, how are you feeling? How are you, how are you battling through this? And I was amazed to see his faith. Yeah. Every time. He's like, it is what it is. If God's going to heal me, he's going to heal me. Yeah. If he's not, he's not. Yeah. But I'm going to put the most in right now. You know, even through his chemo, through every other treatment that he, went, that he underwent... He got up there and he preached the word. He shared his faith. He gave to his family. He gave to the fellowship. And it increased my faith. I remember even the week before he eventually passed away. About 12 months actually since the original diagnosis. That he came up to me. He's like, hey Jeff, I want you guys to play a song for me. 
I want you to play a Revelation song. If you ever heard a Revelation song, it's about coming into heaven and what you're going to sing and what you're going to be shouting out to God in praise. He's like, hey, I want you to play that for me because I want to get ready. Sorry. But to, in order to see him wrestle through God, through that storm with God, and to see his faith steadfast, to see his faith, you know, that, hey, I'm going to make it through this. It doesn't matter if God's going to stop the storm. Yeah. It doesn't matter if God says, hey, you know what? Be still, storm. Yeah, right? He's like, I'm still going to have faith. Yeah. And my faith is still going to grow. And it inspired those around him. You know, each of us has that chance in our lives. Each of us can say, yeah, we've seen the storms. You may be in them right now. But it's an opportunity to grow your faith. Yes. It's an opportunity for, for you to grow others' faith in God. So my challenge to you is to look at your life. Look at the storms going on. And ask yourself, am I choosing fear or am I choosing faith? We've got to make a decision to choose faith. We've got to make a decision to view this as a growing time. You know, whether you're a disciple for many years and you feel like, man, I've battled enough. I've grown in my faith enough. God's saying, let me teach you one more lesson. If you're a new disciple and you're not sure, you're asking yourself, man, this isn't what I signed up for. I thought he had plans to prosper me and to not to harm me. God's saying, hey, I'm going to grow your faith. Maybe you're even thinking about, man, should I study the Bible? Should I actually make this leap to follow God and commit my life to Him? Not sure if I even want to get in the boat with Jesus. Because I see the storms coming. I know they're going to be there. But you've got to choose faith. You've got to look over and see who's in the boat with you. So where is your faith today? Is it in Jesus? Is it in the man who can calm the waters? Is it in the man who has control over everything? Let us place our faith in Jesus, no matter what the storm, how big the waves, how long it rages. Let us keep our faith. Amen.